0: Some of you might clue in that you were being, you know, asked about this, but not. I was trying to be really subtle. Guys at work, uh, even customers that I was dealing with, it would, it was weird on how this topic was just coming up. As you know, I'm talking to them about insulation or windows or siding, and then prayer comes up, and it was like, "What are you doing, God? This is amazing." But anyways, so here's some feedback from people, different reactions when we think of unanswered prayer. We can be put off. We can grow weary of prayer. We can feel that we are unworthy. So why would God even answer our prayers? That was quoted as, I feel like a schmuck. That was, that was the guy's words. We can give up altogether and ultimately reject God. But, I'm a little bit weird. I'll start with this one. We can be thankful for unanswered prayers. Yeah, thankful. In my notes here it says, uh, tell the story of young love and broken hearts. And uh, that's how I was way back when. Um, I had been with a girl for whew, three, two and two and a half, three years. And uh, both were Christians, um, you know beautiful time in my life there was you know obviously challenges like anything at that stage of life I was what 19 18 19 and uh, I asked her to marry me she said no and this is not Carolyn just for those that know some of the other story <laughs> Carolyn did say no but that's another story for another time <laughs> so yeah it is kind of funny I, I guess that's perseverance eh Matt is that what you call it so, anyways, when I think of unanswered prayers, and I'm a cheesy country guy, I know, and I love my music, but my heart is thankful when I hear or when I think of unanswered prayers, or even when people talk about unanswered prayers, because I think of the Garth Brooks song, uh, Unanswered Prayers. And uh, there it is there. She was the one that I wanted for all times. I'm not going to sing it. And each night I'd spend praying that God would make her mine. And if he'd only grant me this wish I wished back then, I'd never ask for anything again. (coughs) And then uh, the chorus, Sometimes I thank God for unanswered prayers. Remember when you're talking to the man upstairs, and just because he doesn't answer, doesn't mean he don't care. Some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. I'm going to drink some of that water, whosoever that is, hopefully. Well, like I said, it might be stupid to think of this song every time that someone talks about unanswered prayers, but that's just how my brain works. And I call it a, a TSN turning point where, yeah, I like sports too, um, where I was crushed and rejected, but this song helped me have a different perspective of prayer. A deepening understanding of prayer was established. And it created, like I said, a turning point in my mind, a marker. Remember that phrase, TSN turning point or a marker. that's going to come up more and more. So first off, first response can be thankfulness. Well, when I look through the scriptures, though, um, for times that God may not have answered prayers, I was surprised by the themes. They were consistent from the Old Testament right through to the New Testament. And as, a, as an aside, you just remember that cliche portrayal of, of the fearful, vengeful God of the Old Testament versus the loving, grace-filled God of the New Testament. So just as, as, we, as we read through these passages, we can just kinda see what's, what themes are there and see if we can work together and pick out some of these themes. I didn't bring that uh, red pointer thing. Whoever able, if you want to grab that, or Sherry Lee, you're right there. When I speak, I'll pick on people. Sorry. Thanks, Vanna. Oh, press it twice for green. And the point. Where's the red thing, there, Keith? There it is. Hey, okay, let's go to the next slide there, Scott. So I've got a bunch of verses here. Like I said, old and new. And these verses are... Well, this is God's word. So if you get upset or mad at anything, you can talk to God after. There's a lot more. There's actually... I've edited this down quite a bit. But we'll just go through it and see if we can find the themes. James... Chapter 4, verse 3 in the New Testament. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss, that you may spend it on your own pleasures. So we're looking for themes of why God doesn't answer prayer. Okay, next one. But last, let, uh, James 1, but let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Next one, Scott. Psalm 66, 18, if I had been cozy with evil, the Lord would never have listened. I've mixed up NKJV, NIV, and the message to get different feels and thoughts here too. Just so you guys are wondering why the translations sound different than what you're used to. 1 Peter 3, 7, husbands likewise dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife that your prayers may not be hindered. Okay, next one. When you see Isaiah, you know it's going to be intense. So, Isaiah 59, 2. Look, listen. God's arm is not amputated. He can still save. God's ears are not stopped up. He can still hear. There's nothing wrong with God. The wrong is in you. Your wrong-headed lives, lives caused a split between you and God. Your sins got between you so that he doesn't hear. How's that for some conviction? Your hands are drenched in blood, your fingers dripping with guilt, your lips smeared with lies, your tongue swollen with muttering obscenities. No one speaks up for the right. No one de- deals fairly. They trust, trust in illusion. They tell lies. Go ahead there, Scott. Or can I do it? Yeah. Isaiah 1, 15 through 16. I find this funny. We just talked about... Uh, money and we had a nice bunch of songs being played. But they, they were meaningful, and as, and we should give, but let's carry on. Isaiah 1 through 15, chapter 1, 15 through 16. Quit your worship charades. I can't stand your trivial religious games. Monthly conferences, weekly Sabbaths, special meetings, 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 meetings. I can't stand one more. Does this sound like us talking, or is this... Meetings for this, meetings for that. I hate them. You've worn me out. I'm sick of your religion, 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 while you go right on sinning. When you put on your next prayer performance, I'll be looking the other way. No matter how long or how loud or how often you pray, I'll not be listening. And do you know why? Because you've been tearing people to pieces, and your hands are bloody. Go home and wash up, clean up your act. Sweep your lives clean of your evil doings so I don't have to look at them any longer. Say no to wrong, learn to do good, work for justice, help the down and out, stand up for the homeless, go to bat for the defenseless. That's pretty powerful words here, guys. And remember, this is the God of the Old Testament. Stand up for the homeless. Stand go to bat for the defenseless. Go ahead, Scott. Uh, for those of us in a marriage. And here's a second offense. If you fill the place of worship with your whining and sniveling because you don't get what you want from God, do you know why? Simple. Because God was there as a witness when you spoke your marriage vows to your young bride, and now you've broken those vows, broken the faith bond with your vowed companion, your covenant wife. God, not, God, not you, made marriage. His spirit, his spirit inhabits even the smallest details of marriage. And what does he want from Marriage. Children of God, that's what. So guard the spirit of marriage within you. Don't cheat on your spouse. There's lots of ways to cheat, not just the physical one too, right? Time, activities, other interests. Go ahead, Scott. If anyone turns a deaf ear to my instruction, even their prayers are detestable. Whoever shuts their ears to the cry of the poor will also cry out and not be answered. You guys really encouraged right now? <laughs> because you have ignored all my counsel and would have none of my reproof, I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when terror strikes you. Is there one more? Oh, is, is there more? Oh, there's more. The, the Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous. So that's Interesting. Every man, every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs his heart, or weighs the heart. And the last one is Amos. I can't stand your religious meetings. I'm fed up with your conferences and conventions. I want nothing to do with your religion projects, your pretentious slogans and goals. I'm sick of your fundraising schemes, your public relations and image making. I've had all I can take of your noisy ego music. When was the last time you sang to me? Do you know what I want? I want justice, oceans of it. I want fairness, rivers of it. That's what I want, that's all I want. So you can see as I, you can leave that up there for now, Scott. As I was going through this, I had my kind of three points, like I said earlier, when Keith talked about, you know, what would you talk about? I was like, yeah, this, 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 no problem. I've gone through lots of times where God has been quiet, times of frustration, times of loss and death. Sucks. But I thought I could figure it out. And then I started going through these, and like I said, there's a lot more verses out there. Uh, in in the scriptures. But there's some themes. I don't know what themes you guys picked up, but I see themes of unresolved relationships, themes of focusing on my own interests, themes of not caring or loving for the poor and the defenseless, themes of not understanding our place before God. These are some of the themes that I notice that get in our way, or... Seem to be the reasons why prayer can be unanswered at times. God wants us to be caring for the poor and the defenseless, thinking of others more than ourselves, being bold and unwavering, and being in right relationships with our brothers and sisters. It's pretty challenging. It doesn't sound easy at all. (laughs) There's hope. And stay tuned, there's hope coming. we got to go through a bit more first. So, when I look at themes, and Carolyn's been really good at trying to teach me what themes mean. My kids are smarter than I am with all this kind of stuff, but when I see those themes, I think, okay, well, if I just do all those things, if I have right relationships with my brothers and sisters, um, if I care for the poor and the defenseless, if I think more of others than myself, well, God will answer all my prayers. Right? That sounds is that logical. Well, the short answer is no. There's a pattern in the Christian life of being disciplined, suffering. There's lots of verses that talk about that. I think of these moments of, of time as, you know, I'm sure all of us can relate to one or two unanswered prayers in our lives. But as I think about it, I think of this intense wrestling time is how I would describe it, where I'm wrestling with God. Hmm. Where the purpose is to grow my character, to become a, Better version, better version of myself. To be refined, to carry out those themes that we just talked about. Like I was saying earlier, we had a, or I was talking to different people, and a couple of the people have actually. Uh, they were very honest with me. And they basically just grew weary from wrestling with God. And trying to do those things. Loving the poor and caring about others more than ourselves. And honestly, my heart was uh, broken. But anyways... So anyways, for those that have grown weary from wrestling with God and from doing these things, or what if we, like the people that have, some of the people I've talked to, they rejected God entirely because of, because of misunderstood scripture, um, sometimes Christian culture can cause that to happen as well. There's different posters and tacky sayings that um, some Christian churches have or some Christian culture has that don't really explain the the suffering part or the caring for the poor part. Sometimes those individuals um, have lost sight of having a mentor or having someone further along the road and they haven't worked with that person or or those people to understand that, that time when God seems quiet. Those are a TSN turning point. And what do we do? Do we make that TSN turning point? Do we make that through? Do we get on the highlight reel of God? Or do we just get push down and give up. The last couple of weeks, I've been re-listening to an audio book, and uh, it's the only way I can get through the screw tape letters. If anyone's ever read them, my hat is off to you. Um, I had to go with the audio version, and it's uh, a BBC version. Um, if you don't know what the screw tape letters are, I would always encourage this version. I've encouraged other people to listen to the screw tape letters or other versions, but they never listen to this one. Um, Andy Serkis, who plays Gollum in Lord of the Rings. He is um, Uncle Screwtape. And so you got that's the screw tape letters. So I'll just explain a bit. The book is a series of letters from an experienced tempter named Screwtape to an apprentice tempter named Wormwood. In the letter, Screwtape advises Wormwood about how to pull a certain patient away from God and toward the depths of hell. And remember, when they're talking about the enemy, that's God, okay? Go ahead, Abel. As this
1: condition becomes more fully established, you will be gradually freed from the tiresome business of providing pleasures as temptations. As the uneasiness and his reluctance to face it cut him off more and more from all real happiness, and as habit renders the pleasures of vanity and excitement and flippancy at once less pleasant and harder to forego, for that is what habit fortunately does to a pleasure, you will find that anything or nothing is sufficient to attract his wandering attention. You no longer need a good book, which he really likes, to keep him from his prayers or his work or his sleep. A column of advertisements in yesterday's paper will do. You can make him waste his time, not only in conversation he enjoys with people whom he likes, but in conversations with those he cares nothing about, on subjects that bore him. You can make him do nothing at all for long periods. You can keep him up late at night, not roistering, staring at a dead fire in a cold room all the healthy and outgoing activities which we want him to avoid can be inhibited and nothing given in return so that at last he may say as one of my own patients said on his arrival down here I now see that I spent most of my life in doing neither what I ought nor what I liked huh. <laughs> the Christians describe the enemy as one without whom nothing is strong. And nothing is very strong. Strong enough to steal away a man's best years not in sweet sins, but in a dreary flickering of the mind over it knows not what and knows not why. In the gratification of curiosities so feeble that the man is only half aware of them. In drumming of fingers, in whistling tunes that he does not like or in the long, dim labyrinth of reveries that have not even lust or ambition to give them a relish, but which, once chance association has started them, the creature is too weak and fuddled to shake off. These seem like awfully small and feeble sins. You will say that these are very small sins. How does he do that? And doubtless, like all young tempters, you are anxious to be able to report spectacular wickedness. But do remember the only thing that matters is the extent to which you separate the man from the enemy. It does not matter how small the sins are, provided that their cumulative effect is to edge the man away from the light and out into the nothing. Murder is no better than cards if cards can do the trick. Indeed, the safest road to hell is the gradual one, the gentle slope, soft underfoot, without sudden turnings, without milestones, without signposts, your affectionate uncle, Screwtape. He thinks he's so clever.
0: Can you hear me? Yeah, okay. Was that okay? Were you guys able to hear that? It was three minutes, so it's sometimes that's a long time to pay attention. So I love the line and I was like we were in our small group for our, uh Formation in Common. When was that, Cherry Was that Sunday? Yeah. And uh I Googled the quote quotes from C S. Lewis uh from the screw tape letters and uh The number one quote from that book is that one. I didn't know it, I I knew it was really good, I liked it, but, uh, indeed, the safest road to hell is a gradual one, the gentle slope, soft underfoot, without sudden turnings, without milestones, without signposts. So that's the whole kind of bringing it all together about the, the TSN turning point or that mile marker. Unanswered prayer, can lead us to a place where we have to just dig in deeper to God, to wrestle with him. Um, In the New Testament now, we have the Holy Spirit, right? And if we didn't, whew, that'd be a lot of work. But the Holy Spirit is here now guiding us, directing us, um, encouraging us to want to change, wanting us to proceed wanting us to fall in love with God. I kind of went off my notes there. That was pretty good. Uh, here, this is one part that I i was in the garage uh, a couple nights ago writing out the sermon, and uh, some of you guys just think I do work in there, but I was actually writing this out. And uh, this is one part that was coming to me as I was writing it, as praying through stuff. I think we really need to push through the unanswered prayer, we need to overcome that feeling of rejection, that feeling of God has left us alone, that he's not listening. We need to check our position, our stance before him. Do we have relationships right with our brothers and our our sisters? We really need to recognize one other thing is our stance or our position before the God of the universe. Let that just sink in for a second. It, our nursery stories, um, all that stuff seems to you know, I've got a friend in Jesus. Makes it seem really easy. And, uh, but there is some work that we can do. And we need to see ourselves on our knees, thankful to even be able to proposition this God of the universe, who at times will heal the sick, move the mountains, and at the same time leave us in a place of suffering, in solitude, quiet, unanswered solitude. This causes us to either dig deeper into His glory, or give in to a path without Him, into compromise. And that's the the quote. Indeed, the safest road to hell is the gradual one. The gentle slope, soft underfoot, without sudden turnings, without milestones, without signposts. Just about done, guys. In closing, the last few weeks, Keith has been using, um, showing a picture That one. And uh, I never really got that picture, to be honest with you. Um, But I was thinking through this topic and thinking through what what else could be said about it. And when I see us kind of holding our finger half-heartedly away from God who's stretching out to us, I'm reminded of, um, once again, an old an Old Testament passage where Moses and the uh, Moses arms were being lifted up. I don't know how many people remember that. And the Israel army would win. They would Joshua and the army. Joshua was leading the army, and the, the army would would win as long as Moses' arms were held up, or as he held them up. But he got tired. So his arms would drop. And when his arms dropped, the enemy would would win. or the, the battle would sway. And so, the community around Moses propped up his arms. Which, I think is similar to what I'm seeing here in what God is wanting us to do. And this is the hope part. Is that the Holy Spirit and the body of Christ is propping up that arm. Pulling our arm closer to God. Helping us recognize, sorry, I got louder there. Helping us be on our journey to seeing God face to face. Embracing him. There was a, a verse that uh, I hadn't put on the screen, but it's Romans 8:26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness for we do not know what to pray for as we ought but the spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words there's an amazing connection there's an amazing and I'm still trying to understand it um, and I hope other people that have experienced more more of God can continue to pour into my life as well but to understand that that arm right now, that finger is really the body of Christ and the spirit is just wanting us to get closer and closer to God. Now my joke was gonna be at the end was Psalm 151 but some of you probably already figured out there's no such thing as Psalm 151. Did you guys get that? There's no 151? Okay. But it's a song that, uh, yeah, it makes me think of hope. It makes me think of um, getting up tomorrow morning and Going forward, when we were in the throes of of uh, of sammy 's last days, that was almost easier than the time and months after and uh, Anyways, I'm doing pretty good today for not crying too much. But there's, there was a lot of times where it was hard to um, come to church. Um, it was hard to be around people, to be honest with you. Um, it was hard to hear people say they would pray for me. Um But certain um, people, um, mentors, cousins, uncles, good friends, um, were there. They were speaking through their loss, their pain, um, sharing their turning points sharing their mile markers with me. And it was encouraging. It was a slow, steady um, climb back out of a really sucky period of my life. And some of you have probably already bored with some of the stories I've talked about, about music. But this one, uh, Psalm 151, as I call it today, it's uh, it's a song that, uh, when it first came out years and years ago, I laughed every time it came on, cause at dances, you know, your high school dance. It's the... Uh, It's the traditional start-off, slow song, sound. So everyone started going out, grabbing their girlfriend, their boyfriend, or whatever, and started going out dancing. And then there's a, what do you call that, Matt? Like a time change or a speed change or whatever? I'm picking on Matt. Matt's like, I don't know what song you're talking about. A tempo change. Hey, very good. And, yeah, when I, the tempo would change, like, Way faster. And then everyone that was like doing the awkward grade 9, 10 dancing all of a sudden had to like start dancing fast. And so I'd, I was kind of always like laughing, going, haha, you guys don't know what song this is. And I do. But, anyways, here it is. This song was one of the songs that uh, helped me through, like I said, with mentors, with friends, with cousins, with music. The dark times have gone. Um, yeah, and I'm still excited to see where things are going to go. So when I get up tomorrow morning, these are, these are you know, some, sometimes this song goes through my head. Somet- sometimes it's, uh, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Sometimes it's this song. I'm going to say it now, okay, Matt? Is that right? Okay. I don't know where I'm going, but I sure know where I've been hanging on the promises and the songs of yesterday, and I've made up my mind, I ain't wasting no more time. Though I keep searching for an answer, I never seem to find what I'm looking for. Oh Lord, I pray you give me strength to carry on, because I know what it means to walk along the lonely street of dreams. For anyone that's going through that phase of life right now, or if you know someone that is, I encourage you to be the uh the mentor. The the friend that comes along sometimes just sits quietly. Sometimes just you're just your presence is all you need. You don't need to be saying anything. I had guys uh come out and uh split wood with me. We never talked about anything I was feeling. They just hung out with me. Their presence was all I needed. So as you think about those verses that were up, caring for the poor, caring for the defenseless, look for opportunities that can strengthen your life, your prayer life, and ultimately strengthen their relationship so that we can be part of the body of Christ grabbing that finger and lifting it towards God. Thanks, guys. Keith, you're up. And I'm
2: stealing their songs. Thank you, Ryan. You've gone into some challenging territory here for us today. Thank you for opening this up with your, with your life and your story. Um, as we move deeper into the life of prayer friends, uh, we recognize over and over again that the mysteries uh, don't get resolved, but somehow as we enter into the cross, as we cling to the cross and enter deeper into the cross, uh, we find the resolution of all things, our emotions, our tenderness, all of which... Ryan is so beautifully brought up today. Uh, And so once again, every week as we do, we cling to the cross, we enter into Christ and his desire to be with us. We take a piece of bread as he taught us and dip it into the juice and remember that he suffered and died for us on the cross. So whatever is stirred up in you today, friends, wherever you're at, wherever you're coming um, from, I invite you today to come to the altar and to enter, once again, into the mystery of Christ's sacrifice for us. Um, The table is set, and everyone here is welcome.